Hello, I'm Deputy News Editor Annabel Collins. Yesterday, May the 18th, the judicial review on the pharmacy funding cuts was finally published after weeks of waiting. After the dust had settled from the initial announcement, I spoke to MPA Chair Ian Strachan and Andrea James, who led the MPA's legal team, to find out more about the judgment and hear their expert analysis. I asked, what would this judgment mean for pharmacy? How would it affect the sector in the future? And indeed, the relationship with the Department of Health. So this morning, the news came out that the PSNC and the MPA's cases against the pharmacy funding cuts were dismissed by the High Court judge. And I have been joined by MPA Chair Ian Strachan and Andrea James, who led the legal team and is a partner at Knight 1759, just to hear a little bit more about their takes on the result. So firstly, and this is probably more directed at you, Ian, but I couldn't help but pick up on the use of regret in the judge's conclusions, which I thought was a really interesting word. And I mean, did that help to soften the blow at all of his final decision? Oh, absolutely, Andrea. I mean, to say that we lost is really to fail to understand why we made the challenge in the first place, when you think about it. What we wanted was to get on legal record a recognition that community pharmacies do a lot more than dispensing. And the judgment was crystal clear about that. I mean, we wanted more protection for people in deprived communities. We got that. We wanted to expose the deep flaws in the government's approach today. We achieved that. Uh, We wanted to flush out into the open so that an honest discussion can take place between all sides based on what the government actually believes to be true. And we are now in that place. And it's an opportunity now for pharmacy leaders and the Department of Health to seize that chance. This judgment has completely discredited this Treasury-driven proposals on pharmacy policy, which is where it's come from. It's completely discredited it. And what they need to do now is stop seeing pharmacy as as a problem, stop seeing pharmacy as something that they've got to fix and see it as a solution to many of the challenges facing the NHS. And that's the reality. And, and I do believe that we're getting there. I mean, you know, another thing that's brought today, uh, Annabelle, is this, is this news around the Conservative Manifesto pledge, mm, which yeah. is huge. And now, I mean, to say that, and they talk about community pharmacists in their, uh, community pharmacies in their pledge. Now that's a huge step forward. This strategy, Annabelle, is working. It's absolutely working. We are influencing them. You're not going to change governments overnight. It's a long game, but we are doing it, Annabelle. We're getting somewhere, and we are chiseling away at them, and we are influencing them, and we are doing it in a sophisticated way. And if you're asking me, was it the right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced it was the right thing to do, because if we hadn't done it, would have been perceived as a soft touch. But, you know, to recognise in all three uh, major party manifestos that community pharmacy figures in it, and a really strong message on the conservative one. Don't underestimate it. Uh, I haven't got the exact words in front of me, but it, it talks about integrating us better, uh, seen as a, as a solution. I think the words were, we shall support more integrated working, including ensuring community pharmacies can play a stronger role to keep people healthy outside hospital within the wider health system. And that's talking about community pharmacies. That's the power and that's the vindication that we were looking for against what we've done. Absolutely did the right thing, Annabelle. Mm. You know, 
I know I'm not the hottest tweeter in the world, <laughs> but uh, you know the messaging. The messaging needs to reflect on some of that. You know, we've been living and breathing this, and we've been able to assimilate it in a very factual way with the benefit of people like Andrea. We've achieved an awful lot in this judgment. Wouldn't you agree, uh, uh, Andrea? I mean, on that. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, what's very interesting about it is that on the actual legal point about whether or not the government properly understood its duty to reduce health inequalities, the NPA won and the Department of Health lost. But the judge has then moved on on a, a fairly technical basis to say that despite their incorrect interpretation of the NHS Act duty to reduce health inequalities, he didn't find that it got over the very high threshold for quashing a government decision. And, and he regrettably concluded that he couldn't. But certainly some of the very important messages that the NPA were particularly keen to get out there on behalf of members around the full range of services provided by community pharmacies, which go way beyond dispensing, and about key people like Jeremy Hunt and um, Mr Hammond not having a clue what community pharmacies actually do, and indeed even how they're funded, you know, those have been recognised in the judgment, and it is very powerful and very helpful from that perspective. You know, we need to be clear about this, that this is not a good judgment from the Department of Health perspective at all. Oh, really? And why specifically do you think, from their perspective, it, it reflects badly on them? Okay, so firstly, the judge has said that uh, in terms of their interpretation of the Section 1 CNHS Act duty to reduce health inequalities, they didn't get that right. They misunderstood it. Mm-hmm. And he rejected their argument about exactly how onerous that duty is mm-hmm. and what they were obliged to do. And then in terms of some of the wording used by the court, you know, the reality is that um, high court judges don't use uh, how would I phrase this? They don't use very uh, emotive mm. uh, terms in general, mm. uh, but some of the terms that have been used in this judgment are extremely critical. Um, let me pick some out for you. Let me think. Um, at one point, he says that the Department of Health actions were regrettable. Mm. He says that their actions were worthy of blame. And he said that their actions were deserving of criticism. You know, in, in terms of high court judgments, that is very strong language. Mm. Um, and it is highly critical of them. And, of course, the court has also recognised the fact that both Philip Hammond and Jeremy Hunt gave incorrect information to Theresa May and have never explained how they did that. You know, was it an error? Was it something more sinister and deliberate? You know, those questions fall to be answered. Mm. And do you think they will be answered in due course? Um, I doubt it because there's no good explanation. You know, so either you're the Secretary of State for Health and the Chancellor and you didn't understand, um, which is not acceptable, or you're the Secretary of State for Health and the Chancellor and you deliberately misled the Prime Minister, which is equally unacceptable. Mm. So I doubt they'll be wanting to say very much about this at all, frankly. And kind of on the point about kind of the, the specifics in this document, there's actually a paragraph 
Um, I think it's Ooh. paragraph 48. The judge makes a point of saying, I think it was, there's no difference in having regard or due regard, um, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. something that um, I think the MPA have, um, mm-hmm. have flagged up in how this case could be mm-hmm. viewed in the future. What So what impact yes. could this have on other cases? And has this set a legal precedent? Yes, it has. Yes, that's one of the key achievements by the NPA, that what they've done has repercussions, not just for pharmacy, but across the NHS. It's actually hugely important. And and what it means is that the Department of Health said that the duty under the NHS Act to reduce health inequalities was a weak duty and not something to which they were obliged to pay particular attention. For example, they said it was a very different duty to what's called the public sector equality duty, um, which which it's recognised by them is an onerous duty. So they argued that the NHS Act obligation to reduce health inequalities what was, as I say, not a very robust uh, duty at all. And the judge has said they got that quite wrong and that it is equally as onerous as the obligation to the what's, what's called the public sector equality duty. So that does have repercussions for the weight which the government will have to attach to the duty to reduce health inequalities when they're making future decisions. That's a huge thing, uh, Annabelle. Yeah. I mean, you can't yeah. underestimate that. Um, mm-hmm. What that's effectively saying is, is that those people who are vulnerable, um, you know, it's always been the poor sister in a way, hasn't it, to the public sector equality duty, which yeah, is, you know, yeah. we talk the protected characters, but now it's been elevated up there to that recognition, which means you have got that mm-hmm. serious regard for it. And, and it means that the vulnerable, the elderly, the affirm, the people who haven't got a, a, a stronger voice have, have now got a stronger voice, mm-hmm. who had a weaker voice, have got stronger voice mm. to be able to for their voice to be heard and I think that's a huge mm-hmm. step forward and it's this yeah. judgment that's made that possible mm. I mean mm-hmm. no I was just going to say that's actually the big news from this judgment but because it's quite a techie lawyer point about um, the correct interpretation of a particular section of the NHS Act mm. I don't know how widely that will be picked up but in legal terms this is very important mm. it has set a new legal standard no, I think that's, yeah. that's really yeah. interesting and do you think the judge did this, um, excuse me, but do you think, think he did this knowingly, like he wanted, he wanted oh, to Oh yeah, to he, do he knew and he recognised within his judgement because it was something that um, the NPA's leading counsel, David Locke, put to him. Mm. He recognised that this was the first time the High Court was having to adjudicate on the remit of that duty. So this isn't, you know, an erroneous or incidental little thing that slipped in. This is... For for us, this is the most significant part of the judgment. Mm. And have you had a chance... Oh, no, sorry, Ian, you go. No, I was just going to go back to a point that Andrea mentioned a little while ago. It was about smoking out these secret plans. Or was it you, Annabelle? I can't remember. But it was about the judge was asking serious and probing questions of why why Hunt sent this Mm. inaccurate letter to the Prime Minister. Mm. And Secretary of State for Health knew or, or should have known. So... You know, Annabelle, it does ask the question, you're a journalist, you can play a role to help in that. You can ask those questions because mm. there is certainly questions to be answered there, absolutely. Yeah. And I noticed also the um, reference to the industry insider, within that, which is quite interesting. Um, I think, I, I felt like his language, he said this exercise was less than satisfactory and that seemed to me well, quite a strong, strong statement. Yeah, it is. As judicial I mean, language goes. Andrea, the modelling 
that was done to arrive at this 15% figure of margin was totally refuted, I think I'm right in saying. I mm. mean, mm. The, the judge confirmed it should never have been submitted. It's been entirely mm. discredited. Mm. The, the, the financial analysis that underpinned the 15% has been totally discredited. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a huge, uh, you know, it's a huge revelations have come out of this. And there were things that, You'd expect us to say, but for the judge to actually to refer to them in his uh, in his judgment is huge. And the fact that there was a large recognition uh, that pharmacies got a much larger stake in primary health care provision, and mm-hmm. that we do far more than dispensing. I mean, I'd, I'd have settled for that as an outcome in terms of the fact that they can no longer play the record that we are just doling out medicines. That our role is far more integral to support and advice and reassurance and care. And, and that absolutely fundamental role means that we are part of the fabric of people's lives, as, as we've said for years. It, there's some huge stuff in there in this 40 pages, Annabelle, and that's perhaps a frustration because at this point, that it's too early for, in general, people to have digested it and really understood mm-hmm. the consequences of, of this judgment. Well, do, you, do you agree with that, Andy? Yeah, I think that's a fair comment because, you know, as we've mentioned, one of the hugely important points is around the, the law that has been made in relation to the duty on the government to reduce health inequalities. And that is a fairly, you know, I think I've referred to it as a techie lawyer point. I think that's something that people will pay a lot more attention to and will consider more over the coming days because the initial news that people want to hear is just, did the PSNC and MPA win or did they not? You know, are the pharmacy cuts being reversed? And it's it's actually uh, a lot more subtle and of, of much broader importance, really, than just that black and white question. No, I think that's a really good point. Because I think on first glance, as a community pharmacist, it could be so easy to be disappointed. But then when you actually mm. look into it and realise you know, the legal president has been set and the language of the judge and, you know, yeah. his comments on the Department of Health are, re- are really revealing. And mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully people will be comforted by that. And so, I, I mean... To be honest, sorry to cut across you, Annabelle. No, I, was, I was just going to say, in terms of people being comforted, you know, from our perspective, what's actually important is the impact of this on the Department of Health mm, and how yeah, they yeah. behave towards the sector going forward. And certainly uh, being in the Department of Health today and reading this will be a deeply uncomfortable experience. Mm-hmm. And I think what's a lot more likely to be achieved is that the Department of Health will engage with community pharmacy in a different way going forward. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, this has certainly been a, a shot across their bows in terms of the unacceptability of the approach they started out with back in 2015 and have taken to date. Mm-hmm. And I think... Uh, the fact that there will be a different relationship going forward is reflected even in the inclusion of community pharmacy in the party manifesto that that's mm-hmm. come out today. Mm-hmm. So I think really, you know, although um, although bringing comfort to members is, I'm sure, important from the MPA's perspective, this is actually more robust in this and sh- uh, than that and should have tangible impact for the sector mm-hmm. going forward. Somebody asked me, Annabelle, this morning that, uh, you know, was it worth it, Ian? I got a call off one of my people. And you know, the simple answer to that is yes. You only have to imagine what the position would be now had we simply rolled over at the start of all of this and accepted the cuts and the broad policy towards community farms. I mean, 
would have been seen as a as a as a soft touch, and, and the treasury would be back for more and more and more. And instead, there's now there is an opportunity to change course, and mm-hmm. that's what happens next. We've got this golden opportunity to to talk constructively with the government about a better long-term policy towards community farmers. So the ball's in their court, Annabelle, and they, and they have a chance to enter into some meaningful dialogue with pharmacy leaders now about a better path. And they'd be absolutely foolish to miss that opportunity because the judges made it plain that their approach today has been far from satisfactory. He was, he was critical. He apportioned some of the blame to this for the way the Department of Health have gone about it. And do you think the Department of Health um, can rebuild its relationship with pharmacy? Do you think, is it, is, it, is it broken for good or is there something that can be done to repair it? No, it's not broken for good. They've seen a different style, they've seen a different way. They've mm. seen community pharmacy as a sector come together and not be prepared to, mm. to put up with this and take this and not to be told what the strategy for pharmacy looks like. We want to be engaged with frontline pharmacists involved in finding the solutions to this so no of course they can they're, they're, they're big you know as i as andrea said from the onset you know it's a huge bar to to overcome a financial decisions i understand in in government mm-hmm. against judicial reviews that you know but but the hope is there mm-hmm. the strategy is right we've just got to be keep, carry on with it doing the right things and uh and be confident about the sector and what it can achieve. And that's our job. And yeah, of course it can, it can, they can come back from this. I think they've had the fright of their lives, to be quite honest. And I think there was a point that I kind of wanted to specifically ask about, which was towards the end of the judgment, the judge said that he had to balance acknowledging that cuts will produce hardship with understanding mm. how they cuts also have to be made. How, mm. how would he? How would he make that decision? Where do you, where, I mean, how would he kind of balance those two things? Well, he was very explicit about it. I think he said there will be more hardship for the vulnerable. Yeah, and the yeah, absolutely. And he talked about mm-hmm. the demand on GP services will be increased because of this mm-hmm. decision as well. Mm-hmm. He was very explicit mm-hmm. about that. And he yeah. mentioned it quite a lot through his, uh, his narrative was about this is going to put more demand on the GPs. Absolutely right. And that is... And that is going to be vindicated by, by the way things happen, unless the government change course. And we can help them with that, and we can help them formulate pharmacy as a solution, uh, and take that demand. You know, but they've got to work with us. Just kind of going back to that point you brought up about the um, the pharmacy pledge and the Conservative manifesto. Do you think people in the sector will be sceptical about this? Do you think they're right to be sceptical, or should they be be hopeful and? see it as a sign that the relationship's going to be different moving forward? Well, they may be, they may be cynical. <laughs> I mean, you must get cynicism and politicians built together, don't they? But, um, yeah. but, but at the end of the day, they have explicitly referred to community pharmacy in this. But, you know, part of our job, Andrea, is, uh, Annabelle, is, to, is yeah. to give hope. Hope's a big part of leading people. And what you don't do is, is stop believing in your people and stop believing in your strategy. It's, it's a long game. It doesn't happen overnight. Governments don't just change their mind. But by God, have we, have we made a difference over the last couple of years? And I, I do think we are getting this right. I think uh, we've, we've got to give hope. It is, it is progress. A, a manifesto pledge is a commitment, I believe. A commitment is more than words. And uh, we can hold them to it. We can hold them to account on that. Mm. And the fact that they've mentioned it, the mere fact that they've mentioned it, 
means that when I go into negotiations with them, I can refer them back to it. And I can refer them back to that pledge that they've given in their manifesto. And that is a commitment for community pharmacists to be part of that solution. So, yeah, absolutely. I think we've got, we've got grounds to be able to come back to this all the time. During the court, original three days in court, the judge said he was expecting to pass judgment within a few weeks. So obviously yeah. that didn't happen in the end. But are you able to talk at all about why that delay occurred? And, 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 and you know, and, and indeed why, why we've kind of waited. I think it's been a, nearly a couple of months now. Well, I think to be fair to Mr. Justice Collins, he did say the phrase he used was that he hoped to produce a, uh, a judgment PDQ. And um, but. He also, if you remember, during the course of the hearing, uh, spoke about how under-resourced uh, the High Court is and how many judges short they are. And he certainly emphasised with the government's uh, cuts in the pharmacy sector because of their cuts to things like the judiciary and policing and many other sectors as well. So I really don't think anything more can be read into it other than him being chronically short of time because they are judges and staff short due to government cutbacks at their own end. No, I understand. Yeah. yeah. And kind of moving forward, what what are the going to be the next steps? Um, this might be directed more at Ian, but what will be the next steps for the MPA? Yeah, the, the judge, was, as I said earlier, I mean, for us, it's about there's a new opportunity now. There's a new opportunity for constructive dialogue with the government. We'll be there for it. Uh, I want them to engage with frontline pharmacy to, to, to produce real solutions to the crisis in A&E and the demands on GPs and for mm-hmm. us to get involved in some constructive solutions here that would be foolish to miss the opportunity. I mean, the judge was sharply critical of the government's approach and totally vindicates uh, our position. Uh, of course, we wish we could have gone a step further and quashed the cuts, but this is a, you know, it's a watershed moment we're in, Annabelle, and, and that could, and that could turn the tide in favour of constructive dialogue and sensible, ambitious policy. Now, if that comes out of it, that'll be fine. My, my view is that the government will, the, the Department of Health will move on. Uh, we will, we will pick, we'll pick the conversations up from this judgment and, uh, we'll move forward in, in that vein. And, uh, we're already seeing, we're already seeing, uh, shoots of that in this manifesto place from the Conservatives. Mm. So it's about, what it's about now for us, Annabelle, is creating the right messaging and the right modelling to give them alternatives, not to be bossed in terms of what this automation or hub and spoke or digitisation looks like, but to give them workable, pragmatic deliverables that, that can work by by using the sector. You know, the core beliefs of the MPAs, the, the premises, the supply function, uh, the integrity of pharmacies, running pharmacies and being the legal entity in a pharmacy and the clinical entity in a pharmacy, all that is, is, is part of our core beliefs and our values. And that's what we want to build a pharmacy network around with those principles, those values at the centre of it. That's what matters now. And we and I do think we've made progress on that and this judgment has helped in that. So although I do understand the disappointment, you know, I, I do get that, the reality is, is that this judgment has brought us a lot closer to achieving what we want than, than people right now think. And I think when the, when it, the dust settles and people truly understand the, 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 the words of the judge, I mean, he actually said it's with regret that I cannot properly quash the decision. I mean, that's a huge thing to say, I think. 
Mm, no, absolutely. And I think that that word really jumped out to me as well when um, I first mm. read the judgment. Um, Andrea, yeah. do you have anything else you, you'd like to add on this um, that I've, I've missed or that you think that um, C&D readers should be aware of? Simply that, um, I guess people might have queries about what does this mean? It's with regret that, that you can't quash the judgment. Mm. You know, ultimately, whether or not you could uh, quash the judgment was a legal test. And he had to decide whether the Department of Health's actions had been unreasonable. And that does not mean unreasonable as you or I would understand it in the ordinary sense of the word, because clearly he does think they were unreasonable and has used a lot of adjectives um, commenting on their unreasonableness. In in the legal sense, what he had to decide is whether what they had done um, was called what's called Wensbury unreasonable, which means uh, was it so unreasonable that no reasonable person acting in a reasonable way uh, could have made that decision. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a different and a much stricter test than you know merely showing that decision was unreasonable mm-hmm. in the ordinary sense of the word. And ultimately, he regrettably concluded that it was that level, almost extraordinary level of unreasonableness that is needed before uh, a court can properly interfere with a government decision. That might help a little in terms of um, community pharmacists understanding, you know, how is it that he goes through the judgment slating the Department of Health and being highly critical of their approach but then doesn't quash the decision. And that is the answer uh, because it's an extremely high threshold to get over. No, I think that does really what, help, actually. What jumped out at me, Annabelle, was, was when he said, uh, I, think he, I think I'm right in quoting this, but I think he said there could have been and there should have been a better way. There mm. could have been and should have been a better way. And it's time for the DH now to sit up and listen. And, and, and that's what I keep coming back to, and I think that's really important, and it's not been picked up yet because mm. people haven't had a chance to read all these 40 pages, you know, some of us are more privileged in that way. I've had that chance, yeah. but you yeah. know, to say you could and should have been a better way is a huge thing to say. Yeah, I think the phrase it, he said that I do not doubt that some criticism is properly made, in that it's possible to think that different means would have been better. No, I think that's a, re- that's yeah. a really. I think that's a quote for people to to hang on to. I think that's a, it's a really kind of interesting point he made. Um, Okay, thank you both very much um, for your time this afternoon um, and for helping us analyse this judgment. As you said, 40 pages is a lot to get through and a lot of legal, specific legal terms as well. I think it's, it's particularly interesting um, to hear how this precedent has been set. For all the latest news, views and analysis on the Judicial Review, keep your eye on the Chemist and Druggist website and have your say on Twitter using the hashtag CutsInCourt.